the Physician's Road. Create your life in medicine on your own terms. Today, we are on the path of practice. Today, we're speaking with Mark Vargas from Licentium, a nationwide medical licensing company. We're talking about all things medical licensing, how physicians can make more money and become more marketable by having multiple state licenses, the growth of telemedicine, and some of the very real issues with the interstate compact. So stay tuned to learn how to increase the value of your medical degree with multiple state licensing. The Physician's Road is brought to you by Vernonville Asset Management. Vernonville Asset Management was created to help physicians build wealth and create income beyond Wall Street. Through our exclusive private investments, doctors can begin to free themselves from the burdensome regulations in healthcare by creating income streams independent of medicine. Go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get your free report, Wall Street's Biggest Lie. Again, go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get Wall Street's Biggest Lie and free yourself today. Hey, everyone. It's uh, Dr. Eric Tate again here on the Physician's Road podcast. Today, we're on the path of practice, and we're going to be talking about medical licensing. And so we're going to kind of get into the weeds today, uh, all things medical licensing as it relates to telemedicine, um, working across state lines, uh, this thing called the the multi-state or interstate compact. And I'm so happy to have my friend Mark Vargas here from Licentium. Uh, medical licensing. They are a national full-service medical licensing firm. Um, they help physicians navigate the the tricky waters of having not just one state license, but multiple state licenses. They also track kind of your renewals for you as well, as well as they have a great vaulting system where they can also track your CMEs. And so we'll get into all of those things um, as we go through this podcast. But I just want to introduce Mark to everyone, and he's going to tell us about himself and kind of how he got into the business. Hey, Mark, how are you doing today? Hey, thanks to, thanks for uh, inviting me on. Great to be with you, Eric. Absolutely. And so, go. So, give us a little bit of, about your background. You've got a very interesting background. Um, it spans politics, and you got into this medical licensing thing in terms of regulations. So, so give us a, give the people a little bit of background about you and how you came to to start this company. Absolutely. Well, it goes back to September eleventh, two thousand and one. Is really what changed my life. That was my lightning bolt moment. And. I was a, uh, a student in college, and at that moment, I knew I wanted to serve my country in some way, shape, or form. And so my life has sort of had direction and sort of that political trajectory where I fast forward, spent 12 years in Washington, D.C., um, worked for the Secretary of Defense, traveled all over the world, deployed to Baghdad 14 times as a civilian, uh, and served under both presidential administrations of President Bush and President Obama. Um, After my government service, I joined a healthcare consulting firm. And one of the projects that we got involved in was uh, to reduce infant mortality in Washington, D.C. I was uh, a consultant to then D.C. Mayor Vincent Gray. And we just saw the, the problems associated with a lack of technology, a lack of communication. Uh, And um, fast forwarding a little bit more, there was a incident where a nurse, male nurse from Maryland, um, was, they were under investigation. They crossed state lines and went into Washington, D.C., got their medical license to practice. And by the time it was discovered by the health department, it was already too late and they had, uh, there were already several victims in Washington, D.C. And so just this theme of technology, innovation, lack of sharing information, it really... Um, opened my eyes 
to um, wanting to help create a, a company with my co-founders who uh, are both doctors, but we wanted to make sure how can we, you know, number one, el eliminate this from happening again in terms of patient safety. And secondly, how can we build upon this technology innovation and dramatically impact healthcare? Gotcha. And so just to be clear, so what happened with the nurse? What, what happened in Maryland and then what happened in D.C.? Um, just to close that loop. Sure. The, the nurse was sexually uh, assaulting victims in Maryland and they were under investigation. And so they, they quietly went across state lines into the District of Columbia, applied for a new medical license. And it was discovered that the you know, just, things just didn't look very normal and patients were, were um, having issues. And so when they did an investigation, they very quickly realized that this nurse was assaulting patients. And when they went, asked what happened in Maryland, Maryland's, yes, they're under investigation. So it was dangerous that there wasn't a sharing of information, even though you're um, a couple of miles down the road. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, the, that's one of our big frustrations in, 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 in the medical care industry is the silos of information. Um, and so the duplication, duplication of services and then the inability to, to really track bad actors. Um, it's a little bit, the, the National tra Practitioner Data Bank is somewhat helpful, um, but there's some issues with that as well. And we won't open up that can of worms today. So you talked about your partners in the company um, are clinicians. So give us a little bit of their background. We, we always like to do business with, with clinicians as much as possible. Absolutely. Well, well, Ascentium, which means to license in Latin. Um, my two co-founders are both uh, clinicians, um, pharmacists. Uh, Rick, actually, uh, his background is in health regulatory law. He was a former uh, deputy director at FDA and was the appointed by Vincent Gray to be the deputy director of the DC Department of Health, where he oversaw all license health licensing and regulation. And in fact, it was under Rick's watch that the um, that the nurse crossed over into Maryland, uh, from Maryland into DC. And Rick was the government official that immediately uh, revoked the nurse's license. And so, Rick's had experience from not only as a practitioner, but on the other side is serving as the executive director of a board of medicine, heading up the department in terms of health licensing and, and regulation. And Jason, my other co-founder, um, uh, is very much involved in regulation, health regulation, uh, a lot of these regulatory issues. Uh, and so he um, has experience of working with some of the, the largest hospitals and health systems uh, in the United States. And so again, there is a common theme um, and that is just outdated and siloed technologies, you know, essentially creating a, a public health crisis. And so we wanted to address this issue head on, specifically with medical licensing. Got it. And for those who aren't, who don't know DC politics, who was Vincent Gray? Vincent Gray, uh, at that time, it was the uh, mayor of Washington, DC. Got it. So no, no, no listener left behind. So they're clear on kind of um, your partners and their ability to work within the political realm and political spectrum uh, to understand the future of licensing and the future of regulation in and around um, multi-state licensing. And so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so what is people have talked about kind of this interstate compact, interstate medical licensing. What is the current state of that and for those that aren't clear, can you kind of give a little bit of background on what is trying to be accomplished? And then you can give your opinion as to where you see things going and, and well, well, where you see things going. Well, the, the compact has a, a, a great mission, and that is really to, to expedite medical licensing. 
And oftentimes the focus has been on patients and patient care, but little focus on the actual providers themselves. And so that's where we, that's where we come in because our, our focus is how can we eliminate the, the, the pains of facing physicians as it relates to medical licensing. And so the compact was designed to essentially figure out a way to try and in the best way possible to streamline that process and to create a partnership among states, among state health secretaries, uh, among executive directors of state boards of medicines to allow uh, to meet the growing demand of telemedicine to allow physicians to obtain medical license faster than the you know standard process. Got it. And how many states now are part of this compact? I believe 24 states are part of this compact. Okay. And I won't have you try to name them from memory. And so what has been your dealings with the compact and where do you see what's going well and what's going not so well as it relates to people who might be looking at this as a way to try to get multiple state licenses? Absolutely. I mean, well, it's a, that's a great question. And, you know, we, uh, Lacentium and uh, we were involved with the compact when it started in early 2015. Uh, we were briefing their uh, executive leadership and including um, the, the individual in charge of their technology group. And there was certainly a lot of confusion as to what this is supposed to look like. So uh, we certainly had a, um, we're certainly trying to advise, working on advising them on, you know, the process and what that is supposed to look like. Um, but, you know, here, here's sort of the challenge is that, you know, I'm, I'm from the mindset that, you know, the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And so, there's a lot of bureaucracy and, you know, the challenge, the reason why there's only 24 states that are part of the compact is because this, there's a state legislature has to pass legislation in, in order to join the compact. And so as a former legislative political guy as well, you know, I would have, I probably would have done things a little bit differently and simply a memorandum of understanding versus going through the legislative process. But, you know, another issue that, um, you know, that, that the compact's going to run into is if you're, if you're a state CIO, Eric, the last thing you want is everyone coming to you to say, we've got our own system to expedite licensure, whether it's physicians, whether it's chiropractors, whether it's nurses, uh, whether it's physical therapists or dentists. And so uh, you open up Pandora's box. And so what, what state governments, what state CIOs, state secretaries of health are looking for is one platform where everything else can plug into. And so uh, I think that's, you know, certainly going to be a challenge. But at the end of the day, you know, the compact charges a $700 non-refundable fee. And then there is a charge, a separate licensing charge per state in addition to that non-refundable fee. And it's a compact. I mean, it's a valid license, but it's a compact license. But say the political winds shift, um, perhaps there's a possibility that that compact license can go away. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to apply for a traditional state license. So it does create, you know, some complications, but more importantly, going back to the physician focus, more importantly, the burden is on the physician to fill out the information, make sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. And so as you know, a physician, their, their time's better spent with patients uh, not going through databases and filling out information. And so again, that, that burden for all of this as it relates to the compact falls on a physician. And so 
you know, that's why Lacentium was created because we're here to take the burden off of physicians. Got it. And then just for um, clarification purposes, what does CIO mean? Chief information officer. Got it. Perfect. Or, or a chief or a chief technology officer in any given state. Got it. And so just to clarify and make sure I understand, because I did not realize this. So essentially you're paying the $700 fee to the compact and then you're applying for a compact license. So you're not actually getting a state license for the state that you're in. It's a specialized license is what I'm hearing you say. It is a specialized compact license and it's the agreement that the compact has with these 24 participating states. But yes, it is a specific compact um, license. Got it. Okay. There is always, you know, and I'm not here to uh, doom and gloom, but there's always a possibility with political wind shift that the compact could go away or things change. And so if that were to happen, so does that compact license. Got it. But if, but if people are actually licensed in this duly licensed in each individual state that they want to be duly licensed in, it doesn't matter there. As long as they keep up with the requirements, the CME requirements, those kinds of things and stay on top of the renewals, they should be fine. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. And, and again, at the end of the day, we're all trying to expedite medical licensure and simplify the process for physicians and healthcare professionals in general. But um, we're just looking at, we're just taking different approaches. Got it. And so let's, let's now pivot a little bit because some physicians may be asking, well, why should I have multiple state licenses? What, what, what's going to be the benefit to me uh, of, of having more than one state license in the future of healthcare? Um, in your opinion, as someone who plays in the space, why is that helpful to physicians? Sure. Another great question. I mean, the, the growing demand of telus, telemedicine is just exploding. In 2014, 350,000 Americans were utilizing some form of te- telemedicine. 2018, that number has jumped to 7 million. Significant increase. It's now a billion-dollar industry a year. And by 2020, it's going to be a $20 billion industry. And so, you know, similar to a, um, you know, Netflix... Uh, put a dent in blockbuster video. Um, and you're beginning to see a lot of these more traditional companies uh, that are going away because of uh, technology and innovation. Telemedicine is the future of medicine. It's convenient. Physicians can make more money. Um, and it really, as from a patient perspective, it also levels the playing field. I know in, in some particular areas, it's difficult in rural areas uh, to get medical care, but but telemedicine is really leveling the playing field, and more importantly, it's it's very very convenient for physicians. So there is this demand to um, obtain multiple licenses because unlike a driver's license, where you can drive across state lines and work across state lines with one driver's license, you know, in medicine you've got to have a license to practice in each and every state, and so the processes are different. And it can get very complex. And so, um, you know, th- that's why there, there is uh, this huge demand now for, for telemedicine. However, technology hasn't yet adopted to this growing demand. And so that's where we come in at Lacentium is to fill in those gaps and ensure that that licensing and credentialing process is smooth and more importantly, taking that burden off of physicians. Perfect. So now let's talk a little bit about someone who says, okay, Mark, I get it. I'm going to go do it myself. 
what are the pitfalls um, of having multiple state licenses and how can physicians avoid them? So what are the common, um, what are the common issues you see when people are doing it themselves um, in terms of what hangs them up from getting the license done in a timely um, fashion? Because a lot of this is time is money. Um, they may have a telemedicine platform that they either are creating or um, want to get licensed on and they're trying to figure out how to get their, their, their license in a particular state. What are the common pitfalls that you see happen? Um, and you can t- take case studies from states that tend to be a little bit more onerous than others, um, just to give folks an understanding of uh, what they need to watch out for. Another great question. And in fact, um, the, the more medical licenses that you have, the more complicated the process is. And I'll give you a perfect example. We work with a, a teledoc who currently has 20 licenses, and they they asked us to help them obtain three more. This is a real-life example that just happened just a couple of months ago. doesn't seem complicated. Get three more licenses. But as part of the three licenses, you need to have a letter of verification from each state. So if you look at the complexity, so now three additional licenses now require a total of 60 verification letters. And imagine having to reach out to each state, call each state, email each state, and keep track of, you know, these verification letters. And so, you know, the process is painfully long. Uh, Our licensing specialists will tell you, because they do this so much, the average time that it takes from soup to nuts to complete an application is about, and the entire process is about five to six hours. And so I take this example as a basketball fan, LeBron James isn't going out and after the season, NBA season schedule comes out, they're not, the team's not saying, okay, LeBron, you need to book all your hotel and your travel for the season. Here's all the paperwork. They're not going to do that. It's taking care of them because it's not a, it's not a useful way to use LeBron James time to be sitting there at his computer and making hotel reservations for the rest of the NBA season. For physicians, filling out these applications is not a, uh, the, the right use of a physician's time it needs to be in a uh, seeing patients rather than filling out this mundane paperwork. So, you know, again, if there, and there, if there are probationary issues, um, if there are malpractice claims, which is quite common, again, that adds additional forms, an additional layer of complexity uh, that, uh, that oftentimes, you know, the physicians aren't necessarily prepared for. Okay, what I want to do is do a deep dive on that. So let's talk about some of the pitfalls um, that if, if physicians have, let's just say, some smudges on their record, even if it's no fault of their own, right? What does that look like? People who are on probation, people who are maybe in the practitioner data bank, people who have been sued. How does that affect medical licensure? Well, transparency is, is key. And it's better to share more information, as much as information, than as little. And some of the some of the pitfalls that we see physicians make is another example is um, one physician had a probationary issue, but it was it wasn't very long, and it was um, the, the issue was solved relatively quickly. And so they got advice when applying for a medical license on their own from friends and colleagues is that you don't have to disclose that because it was small, it was the issue was resolved. And so they didn't disclose it. But when it was discovered by the state licensing agency that there's a probationary issue, it created a lot of issues. And so um, they reached out to us to help. So at number one is no matter how small or, or, or large the issue might be, transparency is absolutely essential. Um, and 
and you need to give them as much information as possible. More information, the better. And so again, that's what creates these levels of complexity, adds more time to the process, adds more phone calls, adds more emails. So this is where, again, where a licensing specialist, like from Lacentium, can handle these issues and, and speak to these licensing specialists, uh, state licensing specialists, on your behalf. Another uh, common thing is that you know physicians are always on the go uh, and always in a hurry, and um, the sometimes information is submitted on application that isn't complete. Uh, boxes were accidentally missed. Uh, information wasn't um, you know uh, to sufficient for a state licensing agency, and so that application will come back. Uh, these aren't showstoppers. But this does have an impact when um, oftentimes an application will, will be submitted and the information isn't um, fully complete. That's great. And so now let's talk about outsourced medical licensing companies. So clearly you're not the only, um, Licentium is not the only um, game in town. Uh, so tell us what are some of the pitfalls of outsourced medical licensing companies and what people can do to avoid making sure that they choose the correct one. And then I'm going to allow you to explain why Licentium is different than other outsourced medical licensing companies? Great, great question. Number one, I always go back to this is our expertise. It's going to be hard to find a company um, with the level of expertise that Lacentium has uh, amongst the co-founders, really knowing the, the issue from both sides of the coin, of someone who's applying for a license, someone who oversaw the medical board, someone who oversaw health licensing and regulation, uh, so, uh, who understands health regulatory law, and so the the, the ex subject matter expertise is absolutely critical. The relationships and the rapport with state licensing agencies that's important. But you know, obviously, we're not alone. There's probably a handful, of five or six licensing companies um, throughout the country. Um, but in addition to our expertise, one is price. Um, we're, we're a lot. You know, five ninety nine for the first license, and then three ninety nine for every license thereafter. Our competitors are five ninety nine to seven ninety nine for every license, uh, with oftentimes hidden fees. Um, but but more importantly, we are um, you know we work with as it relates not just your medical license, but we can manage your renewals. We can help manage your CMEs and every physician on our platform, we create their own professional profile uh, where there's a vault. And the vault is where we upload, the licensing specialist uploads all of the relevant information related to uh, helping you to obtain a medical license. So it's all stored in one specific area. So moving forward, it's whether it's a text message or an email to say, hey, I'd like to your own personalized licensing specialist who knows your background and um, has a familiarity um, with all of the information associated um, with your license, they can quickly turn it around and within 24 hours, uh, your application is, is complete and they'll walk you through, you know, the entire process. So, you know, our expertise um, and also, you know, that, that we're, we work not just with physicians, but we work across the entire spectrum. We're working with dentists. We're working with nurses. We'll be working with chiropractors. So we're not just pigeonholed to physicians. And more importantly, we've got a much larger strategy 
than just you know solving this expediting and solving this medical licensing and, and issue. And so we've got some great big plans um, for the future, and this is certainly a starting point. Perfect. And so I'm going to let you toot your own horn um, as it relates to Lysentium and kind of the, the awards you all won and kind of you being in an incubator and all those kinds of things. Talk about that just really briefly so folks have an understanding of, because I know you talk about these big plans and you can't reveal them all now, um, but talk, give, give a little bit of background with the company and kind of um, trajectory wise and kind of, kind of where you've come and where you are. Well, we're a minority owned small business. Uh, and I'm um, part Mexican-American myself. My partner, Rick, is um, Indian-American. And so we were honored to be part of Chicago's incubator, 1871, one of the largest incubators uh, in the United States. And there is a huge emphasis on, on um, working with minority uh, entrepreneurs. And so we were um, we were accepted to join their inaugural incubator. And so that was very, very exciting. And so in addition to talking about Lacentium, I'm also out there talking about, you know, the need to get more female entrepreneurs, tech entrepreneurs, more veteran tech entrepreneurs, more minority um, tech entrepreneurs. And so, you know, that's certainly um, very exciting uh, to be in that, uh, to be in that space as well. Great. And so I always like to ask at the, at the end, um, what questions didn't I ask you that I should have that a physician who is trying to decide whether it's financially worth it to get multiple state medical licenses and also allow someone to, to kind of take care of that process for them? What didn't I ask you that I should have asked you? What, 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 did, what did my limited knowledge not convey that you feel that the audience needs to, to understand? Well, first of all, I would never say publicly or privately, privately that you have limited knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Definitely not true. But, you know, th- what's the, the, the number one question is, what's my return on my investment? And if you look at what an hourly wage is, um, hourly billable hour for a physician, it's going to be upwards above $150 an hour. And if you look at having to spend five or six hours of your time, that are not billable hours per how many applications that adds up to a lot of money. And so one of the, one of the most common things that we get from our, from our physician customers is, wow, I saved so much money. Uh, I was able to make so much more money because the 12 hours that I would have spent working on my two applications, I spent 12 hours in billable time. Uh, and so that's, that's number one is just the, the time savings. Two uh, is the convenience. It's cost and convenience. And to be able to, um, to allow a, a, a company, um, a reputable company, staffed with doctors that are overseeing the process with their expertise and with the relationships and all of these state licensing agencies, it really is a peace of mind to know that when your application is submitted, it's submitted uh, correctly. And the, and, the, and the final point, which is interesting, We've sort of become the 911 for very complicated cases. We didn't certainly design it that way, but we have become the go-to for extremely complicated cases. And we've been very, very successful with that just because of our thoroughness, expertise of our team, relationships with state licensing agencies. And so, you know, that's been very helpful. Uh, And to add one more point, this is a very, very busy time for applications. And so not only are we 
providing a service for licensing and credentialing and CME management. But we are also sort of like, we are also advisors. And depending on uh, the, the sensitivity of the time for your application, we're able to work with our physician clients. And so that we know the states throughout the country right now that are backlogged, that are, there's an additional two or three months added into the licensing processing time. So, so one of the first questions is how long, do, how fast do you need this license? Uh, and where are you looking? And based on these, based on, you know, um, your answers, we're able to put together a licensing strategy to say, here's the best place for you to apply for a license. All the states are different. Some are nicer than others. Some require more information than others. Um, some are, some have backlogs. Others do not. And so this information is very, very important uh, to a physician when applying for a medical license. And so that is why we've developed with that expertise a 50-state licensing strategy. So we are working with uh, telemedicine companies on how, how not only advising them on a 50-state licensing strategy, but how do you implement that? And so once you've got the 50-state strategy, it's a lot easier to do a 25-state or a 20-state or a 10-state licensing strategy. So these are just all important questions that a physician um, needs to know when thinking about where to apply for their next license. Got it. And so actually, we've got a little bit of time. And because you have two great points in there that uh, I want to kind of expound on, one from an individual physician standpoint, and then two from a telemedicine platform standpoint. Um, And we may end up having to do another podcast just on the telemedicine platform, um, how you can help them um, with their strategy in terms of their their nationwide rollout. and so talk to me a little bit about those sticky situations. Give, give me a couple of examples, not, not real long, but just kind of things that have come up that you all were able, that the physician was unable to overcome themselves, but you were able to overcome because of your relationships with medical boards. So great question. One, we had a physician that hadn't seen a patient since the year 2000 and they were wanting to apply for their medical license because they um, took it took a chief medical officer position and and wanted to have um, their medical active medical licenses and so the license had expired and so it created a lot of difficulty when wait a second they wanted their medical license but they're not going to be seeing a patient there it expired um, and then they filled out an incomplete application and submitted it and so the licensing the licensing agency already they weren't very happy. Already, so, flag, already flagged. We, we were all, so we came in there and saved the day. And so not only um, did we smooth it over with the licensing specialists on the government side, but our customer actually got their medical license. Um, and so that made life easier. Another is a, um, a, a physician uh, did not disclose um, some issues in their background on their original application. And when it was discovered, Obviously, the licensing agency was not all that thrilled, and so it created um, a lot of issues. And so um, we came in, um, smoothed things over, um, provided all of the information in great detail. Um, uh, and so in the end, the physician was able to get their, their medical license. And, you know, and, and one third one is, you know, depending on, it, it's not uncommon for a patient to die. And so 
you know, a lot of physicians are worried about, I, it's one of the first things I I've had a patient die uh, under my watch. And so it's like, it's, it's okay. We'll, we'll provide, you know, we'll work with the state licensing agency, complete transparency. We'll, we'll provide them all the information humanly possible so that they can make a, you know, an informed decision and we'll, we'll walk with you along this process. And so we've seen a lot of success in that as well. And so when you say die, meaning died, and then there was a malpractice claim because of it? There was a malpractice claim. Ah, got it. Okay, perfect. And then talk a little bit about how you all help telemedicine companies and platforms that are that are forming um, with their business strategy. Yeah, I mean, it, tel- telemedicine companies are, are looking for ways to you know, simplify the licensing process. How can you obtain multiple licenses simultaneously? How can you um, figure out ways to, what's the path of least resistance and how can you cut costs? You know, if, if you want to apply for 50 states, you know, the fees alone are about $45,000, just required state licensing fees. So it's a pretty heavy lift. And so, you know, what we're working with these licensing uh, telemedicine companies is what is that strategy look like in terms of the path of least resistance? More importantly, how can we get your providers licensed quickly and correctly so that they can begin um, working with patients? Got it. And then you also allow them to, if I remember correctly, you allow them to white label your services so that it can be added as a benefit um, under their platform? Absolutely. There are there are multiple options. Um, white labeling is certainly one of them, but you know, we just sit down and figure out what their what their needs are. Um, and then we 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 mutually come to a, you know the best business decision. Um, again, what we're looking for is how do we, we want to expedite these licenses and make this process a lot simpler. Perfect. And I think that's a great um, way to end at least this initial podcast that we're having uh, with you. And so you've been gracious. You actually are going to give our listeners two gifts. Um, the first one is you you put together kind of two um, medical license cheat sheets to kind of go over some of these at a very high level, some of these pitfalls that, that may befall physicians. Um, and so we're going to put that on the, on the show notes page. So anyone who, who wants that, who's listening can go to the physiciansroad.com forward slash license. We'll put that on there. And you also offered our physician road listeners a 10% discount. Um, if they mention the physician's road, when they are calling or signing up, um, if they sign up for the, for the cheat sheet, they'll automatically be kind of enrolled um, in your system for that. And so we really want to thank you for that. And um, any last words or last thoughts for the listeners? No, I, I appreciate, um, Eric, the opportunity to be here um, on this podcast. And thank you for sharing these uh, informational resources um, that uh, I think that'll be very, very helpful in terms of a, a cheat sheet. Uh, and, and hopefully um, your listeners walk away little bit more informed about the licensing process and should they have any questions or need assistance with medical licensing or credentialing um, or to help them with a with a licensing strategy uh, our Lacentium team is is ready to talk to them 24 hours a day seven days a week perfect I think that's a great way to end this initial podcast and uh, we look forward to having you on again in the future Um, so that was Mark Vargas from Lacentium Um, I want to thank everyone for listening to this Uh, path to practice, please join us on our Facebook group. You can just go to Facebook and type in under groups, The Physician's Road. 
and please, for those of you listening um, to the podcast, either on iTunes or Stitcher or the podcast platform of your choice, please give us a rating and review. Um, four and five stars are best so we can get out there to as many people as possible to get our information out to our colleagues. And please invite your friends and colleagues to listen to the, the Physician's Road podcast. And you can also find us on our website. We have our episodes there as well as um, other resources. And that's thephysiciansroad.com. Again, thephysiciansroad.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Physician's Road, where you create your life in medicine on your own terms. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. The Physician's Road is brought to you by Vernonville Asset Management. Vernonville Asset Management was created to help physicians build wealth and create income beyond Wall Street. Through our exclusive private investments, doctors can begin to free themselves from the burdensome regulations in healthcare by creating income streams independent of medicine. Go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get your free report, Wall Street's Biggest Lie. Again, go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get Wall Street's Biggest Lie and free yourself today. Thank you for listening to The Physician's Road, where you create your life in medicine on your own terms. Please go to thephysiciansroad.com and sign up for your free guides and resources.